made a huge mistake and that mistake is getting lost in the world of 90 day fiance the other way when i had planned on recording this podcast hours earlier it's two in the morning on oh my god what day is it tuesday october 8th it's crazy um yeah so <laughs> I had wanted to watch one episode of 90 Day Fiance the other way so I could talk about it a little bit on the pod and I just got lost in this world of yearning and desperation and people literally giving up everything they know in their lives in the name of love for someone they barely know. And let me tell you folks, when I watch 90 Day Fiance or any of its spinoff iterations, and this is an, a, a spinoff because uh, so the original 90 Day Fiance, the premise is that an American at some point went abroad or they met someone online who lives in another country and they get engaged and the foreign person is able to come to the United States on a 90-day fiancé visa. And they have to get married by the end of the 90 days, or they have to return to their home country. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, there's been some some true love stories. Um, most of it has been horrifying to watch. Um, some of the couple's legends. I mean, Larissa and Colt. Hello, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about if you watch 90 Day Fiancé. Um, but 90 Day Fiancé the other way. So the theme of this is that the American person in the relationship is considering moving permanently to the country where their fiancé lives. And the reason for this is because um, in... A few of these couples, either the foreign uh, half of the couple does not want to leave their country. That would be in the case of uh, this Ecuadorian girl named Evelyn and this guy, I forget what her fiance's name is, but I, I, it doesn't matter because he's basically a doormat. Like he's just, <laughs> she's just using him for his money and he doesn't even have that much money. You know, apparently Evelyn has basically taken his entire life savings of $40,000. Whatever. Um, but Evelyn, she does not want to live uh, in America. Um, her fiancé's family is Mormon, which, you know, honestly, I would not want to marry into that either. But that's fine. 
I think I think the important thing to note about Evelyn and her fiance is that she 100% does not want to have children and her fiance wants to have children. And that should be the number one deal breaker in this relationship. They should not be together. But her fiance is probably going to move to Ecuador. And why is that? It's because people fear fill in the blank dying alone and um they'll do anything to not be alone i'm alone right now you know i'm alone in bed at two in the goddamn morning talking about 90 day fiance the other way for my podcast would i have it another way i mean do i wish that you know i was enveloped in the arms of a man who loved me probably you know uh but you know good relationships are hard to come by and this show demonstrates that (laughs) and the other couple that i think is like horrifying so there's this um this older woman she's 60 uh her name is jenny (sighs) poor jenny Jenny is okay. So initially, she was being catfished by this guy named who she thought was named Michael, and he had like all of these like model type photos on his uh, Facebook profile. But it turns out, of course, that was not really him. And she was uh, talking to a guy in India named Sumit, but she calls him like Summit or something because she can't pronounce his name. Like she's so like. I don't even know how to describe, I don't want to say, you know, like, uh, you can't say white trash these days. Uh, (laughs) she lives in Palm Springs. So she's just, you know, she's just like a simple desert woman. Um, not a lot of life experience. I doubt she's been out of Palm Springs very much her entire life. I think the funniest part about Jenny, so she, (laughs) she's going to move to India, right? To be with Sumit and she goes to like a financial planner and she asks him, she's like, do I have enough money to leave to go to India for the rest of my life? And it turns out she has $6,000 in savings. And, <laughs> and he's like, well, you can live on that for six to nine months. And, and she's like, hmm. And then she's like, fuck it. I'm going like, she doesn't care about anything. She just wants a man, you know? She just wants a man. I don't know how much of a man this guy is. I mean, he looks kind of uh, weak. I don't. And he's thirty. Jenny is sixty. Look, I, I myself am, am an older woman comparatively in Los Angeles. I am Los Angeles legally dead. I mean, once you're past the age of thirty as a woman in L.A., like you should not say your age out loud. But Jenny who is 60, you know, she's allegedly in love with Sumit. You know, she says she has feelings for him. Whatever. I believe her. Um, You know, who hasn't been totally desperate for the love of a man or a woman, you know, vice versa. Um, (laughs) But yeah, 90 Day Fiance the other way. Highly recommend. Um, Oh, and then like... (laughs) 
Oh my god, one of the worst couples. I what is the girl's name? I have no idea what her name is. But she, so she was this girl who um she's 27. Oh, Tiffany. So Tiffany's 27 and she had a baby when she was 18 and she was one of those women who had no idea she was pregnant. Like she found out she was pregnant like 15 minutes before she had her baby. Like isn't that crazy? So anyway, her fiance is this guy named Ronald and he lives in South Africa and you know like he also like has a secret past and then later on we find out that he's like a serious fucking gambling addict and that he has been in prison for uh burglary because he would literally like sell the things out of his mom's house when she went out of town so he could get money to gamble and he's also been arrested for drunk driving and he's been arrested for speeding among other things like this guy is like a mess i'm and do i think he's attractive yeah a little bit i do and what does that say about me it means that i still need more therapy (laughs) i mean he's not like like i don't know like he's a good looking guy but I would, I don't think I could ever be with somebody who's a gambling addict. I think that sounds so fucking irresponsible. I actually hate gambling because my parents, like, they were super into the lotto. Like, they always played the lotto and, you know, would talk about, like, what they would buy if they won the Powerball. And I just think it's, like, such a waste of time. I mean, some people call it the lotto the poor people tax. And it kind of is when you think about it, when you're pouring all of this cash into the lottery and never winning it i mean it's insane but ronald yeah he's a mess and he's in some uh like christian rehab um in south africa before tiffany is coming over so they can get married and they just like show him in the rehab and they're all like praying to jesus and he's like talking about how if he gets the urge to gamble he just like prays to jesus i'm like oh my god like this isn't going to work out for Tiffany, I don't think. <laughs> I re- It's looking bleak for Tiffany. I mean, I've only watched two episodes of this season, but it's not looking good for Tiffany. Um, yeah, reality television, I mean, it really, honestly, it always makes me feel better about my life because some of the people on it are just like totally messy and totally fucked up and desperate. I mean, I'm not desperate to the point where I would go to another country to look for another man. I could see myself, you know, falling in love in Paris, pretty much nowhere else. Um, As we know, I did uh, hook up with someone in Paris. Look, what can I say? Uh, City of love. Uh, (laughs) And I'm an adventurous young woman. You know, I do, I want to go back to France next summer and do like a a wine tourism thing, but I don't know. I'm going to have to see if I have the vacation time to do it. Um, Yeah, but I would never like, I, I know like a lot of people, like they, they start talking to people randomly on like Facebook and then all of a sudden they're in a relationship. I don't understand that. Like I'm a very like... I don't know. I need to like meet someone in person to know if I have anything 
in common with them or if I'm attracted to them at all. I don't I don't understand these types of relationships that just start on the internet. It's so weird to me. Which brings me to something I want to announce. I do believe I'm going to be deleting Hinge permanently. I'm like so over it. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. I have been Googling how, what is the age limit? None. And somebody told me that it's like 39. Like you can't be 40 and and become a nun. That's fine. I (laughs) see. I'm not religious. I was raised Catholic and I like some of the traditions of Catholicism. And, you know, sometimes when I'm, you know, upset or in need, I do pray, uh, to you know whatever catholic god i guess is out there i imagine a a woman you know not really a man but um would i become a nun i mean if things if things got that sad for me maybe i don't know i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) my life is i i have no idea my life is either going really well or it's falling apart at the seams and i have no idea which it is I mean, lately I've been, you know, ramping up the partying, ramping up the drinking, you know, being social, uh, not meeting any men in public. Like, I don't know what's going on. I used to meet guys at bars all the time. And now there's like no men in L.A. Like they're all married. I have no idea what's going on. Or they left. They all left Los Angeles and they're not around. I have no idea. <sighs> the other night there was this guy at uh should I name drop a bar that I go to? I'm scared to say places that I go to because I don't want people who may be listening to this and not like me show up there. Um but I went to a bar in Silver Lake that shall go unnamed and me and my friends were there and this guy was like staring at me for way too long it was too much I couldn't handle it and then he like switched sides of the bar so I could tell he was like trying to like get up the courage to talk to me but he didn't and he left without talking to me and like he wasn't bad looking I probably would have gone out with him but folks this is what happens I mean when you have a face like mine I mean literally top 100 faces of all time uh, not even making that up. I <laughs> See, people like think, well, I kind of do play a character, you know, on Twitter where, you know, I'm kind of this, uh, this, the character I do is kind of like a woman, like full of like false bravado. Um, but I really do think I have a great face. Like, I really do think this is an amazing face and that one day if I ever have a modicum of success, like if I'm ever on television, like people are going to go to plastic surgery offices and be like, give me Heather's lips and everyone's going to know what they mean. That's just a fantasy of mine. See, I'll either find a great love that uh, will, you know, take me away from the dark realities of my life or I'll become a a poster girl for perfect lips. And I'm fine with either one. Nothing matters. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to delete Hinge. I'm tired. Um, I feel like a lot of guys just, I don't know. Well, somebody told me that like people who are on Hinge basically moved from Tinder to Hinge. And now Hinge is like a fuck app. And I really don't want to have sex with anyone. Like I'm so 
tired of, you know, having sex with someone and them, you know, like disappearing. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm going to have to, you know, tell someone that like we can't have sex for like a year or something. Like, it's like crazy. Even though I'm like one of the most sexual people in the world, like I can't, like I just can't have sex with anyone because I, I'm so emotional and it's so upsetting um, when I have sex with someone and allow someone access to my body like that and they just leave or don't even care and I'm tired. Like I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I've, I've given up on that. I am, I'm an incel now, you know, last year I was a vol cell. I voluntarily was celibate. I said I was going to be celibate until I was in a relationship and, um, I did have sex, but (laughs) I wanted to, and, uh, I'm not in a relationship still go figure and I don't like it. Um, it doesn't work for me. I'm hyper emotional. Uh, even though people can't really tell, I know I act like very aloof and people think I'm like, I hate them. Like, I don't know. Like people say that they think my voice sounds really condescending all the time, but that it's not like, that's not, I'm not being condescending. This is how I speak. Sorry. So I'm not mad at you. I'm not being condescending. Okay. This is just my voice and that's the way it's going to be. Um, yeah, but Hinge is gone. I was, I see, I was talking to like a pretty cute guy on it the other day. And then like, I noticed he started to like steer the conversation towards like sex stuff. And I didn't like it. I, so we were talking about where we live in LA. He said he lived near Larchmont, uh, which is a pretty nice neighborhood. And I go to this bagel place over there sometimes. Sam's Bagels on Larchmont. Uh, great service. They Sam's Bagels has three locations in Los Angeles. Uh, one is on Sunset Boulevard, Sunset and Fairfax. And the service there is kind of like comparable to the Soup Nazi episode of Seinfeld. Like when you go in there, you have to act a certain way. Otherwise, the people working there are going to hate you. Like <laughs> they're so grumpy, um, which is fine. I get it. Like who wants to uh, be working in a bagel shop that opens at 6am. Well, I think it might open at five or no, maybe it opens at six. I have no idea. It opens early, but the other location in Larchmont, the guy there is pretty friendly. So I prefer that location. Um, so I was telling this guy that, you know, sometimes I go there before work to get a bagel and a coffee and he made the weirdest comment. And I'm, I'm sure he was lying. It doesn't make any sense. But he was like, he was like, I don't like going to Sam's Bagels because my ex-girlfriend had sex with the guy who works there. And I was just like, what? Like, that literally doesn't make sense. And I said, like, is this like Sam's Bagel Bagels um, creative erotic fan fiction? And he was just like, LOL. And then he follows up with this question and i'm like oh this guy is just trying to fuck he goes have you ever had sex in a bagel shop who would ask that it doesn't even make sense like obviously he was trying to steer the conversation towards we should just have sex and 
honestly, he should have just said that. Like, I really feel like men, you know, they like do all of this like elusive, you know, dancing around it. Like they, you know, they want to drop hints, but they're never like, let's have sex. I'm well, you don't have to say let's have sex, but like, you know, you can just like straight up ask if someone wants to fuck. Like I've done that. It's not a big deal. Just ask. <laughs> like if a, if I'm tired of men like pretending that they want something more than sex when they really only want sex. It's exhausting. Like just tell me you only want to have sex so that I can mentally and emotionally prepare for such a thing if we do have sex. You know. So I know where to compartmentalize that relationship. You know, and so I can prepare to find someone else who can be in a relationship with me. It's not that big of a deal. Like, people are so terrified of being honest with each other. I I just don't understand. I don't care anymore. I don't have time. I'm almost 33. I can't believe I just said that out loud. I'm not supposed to say my age in Los Angeles County. But, um, yeah, the decade's almost over. Where has time gone? Like sands through the hourglass, you know, slipping through my hands. So yeah, that guy, he, so my answer to that guy who asked, have you ever had sex at a bagel shop? I said, no, that's completely unsanitary. And he just said, LOL. And then I went to look at the conversation later that day and he had unmatched me. So that felt great. Um... Yeah, I don't even know what to say. It's horrible. I've never met anyone from Hinge. I hate Hinge. It's it's garbage. The end. <sighs> I saw the Joker. I'm or it's just called Joker, right? Maybe some of you have seen it. I I think a lot of people did see it. I think it made a lot of money this weekend. What do I think of this movie? Not much. Uh, <laughs> it's disturbing. You know, people are saying how disturbing it is, and it is disturbing. And uh, would I recommend it to some people? No. But I I do think there's some misinterpretation of what the movie is about. I think it definitely is um, kind of an interesting look at mental illness and how our society just kind of, like, treats the mentally ill like trash. Um, I mean, not really a new concept, but they... They showed that pretty well in the movie. Um, and this version of Joker is, like, so fucked up. I, I I, I, guess this is a spoiler. So, like, there's a scene where he um, kills a guy with a pair of scissors. And I, I almost couldn't handle it. It was so intense. Um, I feel like any movie where somebody's, like, stabbing someone with scissors is fucking scary. I think Sybil Shepherd used scissors in Serial Mom on a couple of people. I think I remember like a scene where she like disembowels someone with a pair of scissors. I have no, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Joaquin Phoenix did a good job. Um, there was one guy in the theater though who was like cheering at the end of the like he and he was laughing at the most inappropriate parts. And I and I was like deeply disturbed by that guy. I was like, that guy is Todd Phillips's apparent key demographic because you know Todd Phillips, like he said some shit about like, well, so you know he's most known for directing 
uh, The Hangover and um, Old School, I think, was one of the movies he did. And he, like, did some little interview in Vanity Fair or something where he said that, like, he doesn't want to make comedy anymore because, you know, you have to be PC when you make comedy. And, and it's like, okay, but what does that even mean? I feel like you could still make The Hangover today. I mean, you probably couldn't do, well, could you do, like, Ken Jeong as the, you know, who's the character he play you know the stereotypical he does that stereotypical asian voice whatever that's him choosing to do that as that character i guess but i i don't see to me there's like nothing in the hangover that you couldn't make today like um i don't think that movie was as daring as people think it was and i i don't know i i i just feel like there haven't been any like real good comedy films in a in a while and I don't think that has to do with, you know, PC culture or anything like that. I think it's just because studios don't want to make comedies because they don't make enough money for them. Like, it's not a guaranteed profit. Um, so they've focused on, you know, making comic book movies or sequels or reboots. And then movies that are just like straight comedies or straight dramas. Like, there just haven't been a lot of those. There just hasn't been a lot of like good movies for adults you know everything just seems so like focused on nostalgia or comic books and and that's pretty much it and that's totally a money thing you know they want a guaranteed return and that's what they're getting so that's why we're getting more comic book movies which is so you know when you think about it todd phillips making joker which allegedly is not based on any timeline in the batman canon i mean it tells the story of how joker becomes joker <sighs> spoiler alert yes bruce wayne is in the movie but he's a child and at the end of the movie is you know the scene where bruce sees his parents get shot and that's where it pretty much ends. Um, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix was scary in this movie. Like, honestly. And he he looks like he lost so much weight to be in it. Like, this, he looked... I don't even know how to describe it. He looked like a praying mantis. That's how I would describe him. Um, but he was, like, way scarier than Heath Ledger as the Joker. I mean, even that version of, of the Joker and that version of Batman had some lightness to it like this movie is extremely dark and heavy and i wouldn't recommend it uh to people who you know can't handle like a lot of blood and gore but i mean i thought i thought it was well done you know a lot of people were freaking out and saying that it shouldn't even be shown but i think that's insane uh it's fine it's fine it's not alt-right. People think it's like an alt-right movie, but it's not. Speaking of the alt-right, I was recently attacked on Twitter by uh, incels. Maybe some of them were listening. I <laughs> I went on Not a Huge Fan again recently, and they had me on with uh, this writer named Delicious Tacos. That's his pen name. And he writes a lot about um, how he's a sex addict. <sighs> sigh right 
Um, so he's a sex addict and, and pretty much like that's his whole identity. And he, on this podcast, you know, I mean, he may or may not be playing up a character kind of like the way I play up a character on Twitter. And he was just like laying into me. He was just like being so mean to me. Uh, I, I felt like I, I was so annoyed during this conversation because like he just kept saying like the rudest, most fucked up things. And I felt like he was just being celebrated for being disgusting. Like he was like saying stuff about like, you know, going to Thailand to like fuck young girls. I'm just like, you're disgust. Like that is so disgusting. You know, like you're a sex addict and and then he also was saying like how he wants to have kids, but he's never been sexually interested in a woman more than three weeks, but he's not in therapy. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you, you make no sense. And then he told me and then he like insulted me by saying that the reason I'm being ghosted right now, I'm still being ghosted. Um... The reason I'm being ghosted right now is because the guy that's ghosting me found a more attractive woman. And I was like, excuse you. First of all, that's not true. And second of all, even if that was true, like, what makes you think you can talk to me like that? I felt, like, so fucking disrespected. And then his fans, you know, get on Twitter and they're like, yeah... Yeah, you're insufferable. They're calling me insufferable. They're calling me a narcissist. I'm a little narcissistic, but I'm not. I I I don't know you. Like these people are strangers. Like they don't have their real picture on Twitter. They're cowards. You know. Look at me. I have my picture everywhere. I don't care. You know. I really don't. They have like six followers. Like people who have six followers, they type the most on Twitter. They're constantly replying to to tweets of people who are actually doing things with their lives. And one guy, like, he was like, he was like, the reason you're being ghosted is because you're a three out of ten. And I was just like, what? You don't even have, like, a picture of your real face on the internet. Like, you're probably hideous. Like, people, just imagine the type of mental illness you need to have to sit at home and be like, I'm going to make anonymous mean comments to, to people on the internet. It's crazy, but that's like a thing now, you know, I'm going to take a sip of a Red Bull. Yeah, so that was my life last week and it was pretty, it was upsetting. It was so upsetting that I went to Buffalo Wild Wings on my lunch break and had a beer. I didn't really drink on my lunch break at work, but I I had to, I had to that time. Um... I don't really know what else is going on. I'm I'm not caught up on succession, but I I'm annoyed that people are like really into that show now because I was really into it the first season. And people and I would ask people like, Do you like succession? And people were like, What's that? And now people love it. They're like, I love succession. Posers. Um <laughs> Yeah spoiler alert uh so there's this episode where like kendall gets really fucked up and he like shits himself in bed and i've i just want to say that like you know for all the nights i've been drunk and partied like i've never shit myself and i think that's uh i think that's an accomplishment you know 
I feel good about that. So there's that's a good thing happening in my life. <sighs> Did I talk about? No, I don't want to talk about that. I I I got allegedly called by the FBI, but I don't think it was that. It was about a tw- nothing matter. I don't have time to tell this story, but I'm pretty sure somebody. Um, lied about being in the FBI and called me about a tweet because he also texted me and I was like oh the FBI sends texts and I asked him I was like if you're really in the FBI so long let me tell you what kind of tweet it was so long story short I was at the Westfield Culver City Mall well I was about to pull into the mall and I see all these people running out of it and I see people like you know trying to get out of the parking lot you know the the parking lot's traffic jammed and then this guy like shouts out his window to me he's like there's an active shooter in the mall and i was like what the fuck really so i tweeted uh there's apparently an active shooter in the westfield culver city mall stay away from that area and it didn't even get shared that much it got retweeted maybe like 10 times and then later that day I'm in a different mall because I I had to go to the mall still, folks. Like, life goes on. And I'm in the dressing room and my phone rings. Well, yeah, my phone rings. I get a voicemail. This guy's like, Heather, I uh, really need to speak with you. Uh, My name's Mark. Call me back. And then he sends me a text. And he's like, this is Mark. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what? Like, who are you? And then he says in a text that he's with the FBI and then he needs to talk to me about my tweet so he calls me again and I pick up the phone and he's like we need you to delete that tweet and I'm like what and he's like well there wasn't actually an active shooter in the mall it was just a fight where someone pulled a gun and I was like oh yeah that's that's much better he's like well we don't need misinformation spreading and i was i was like first of all you're telling me first of all you're you're calling me on my cell phone and texting me i have no idea if you're really with the fbi and that's another thing i researched this after the phone call so if somebody says they're with the fbi they have to prove that to you before they can ask you anything else or tell you anything And so I was asking him on the phone, I was like, do you have a badge number or some type of identifier that will confirm that you're actually with the FBI? And he, I noticed he started to get like kind of nervous when I was asking him these questions. He was like getting really frustrated. And then he was like, I guess I shouldn't have called you. And I was like, oh, it's yeah, because you're not really with the FBI. And then I was like, well, you won't even give me your full name. I was like, what's your last name? And he goes, I can't give you my last name. Like, uh, you can't give me your last name, but you're an FBI agent, allegedly, calling a private citizen on their cell phone, asking them to delete a tweet. And he was like, I don't want the tweet to go viral. And I was like, sir, I've never had a viral tweet. Trust me. If I had had a viral tweet, my life would be much different right now. <laughs> I'd have at least, you know, a thousand more followers if I had had a viral tweet before. And he's just like, Whoa. like he can't, he has like word diarrhea because I caught him. Like I caught him lying 
about being saying he's in the FBI. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, any law enforcement officer, they have to prove to you that they're an officer of the law. Otherwise, what do we have rights for? It's so insane. So, yeah, shout out to maybe he's listening. Maybe it's a, a crazy fan. In that case, thank you for the download. And um, don't ever call me again. And I'm reporting you. I rep- <laughs> I'm reporting you to the FBI for saying you're with the FBI when you weren't. So, see, now it's all on the record. That whole story is on the record. So, I'm I'm going to figure that out, though. I have to, like, submit some type of report. I'm so tired. It's so late. It's like... Oh, it's it's two thirty basically. Um, I, Liam McEnany is going to be the guest next week. I have some guests lined up. I, it's just been me lately, which is the original premise of the podcast is just me, you know. But maybe some people don't like that. Maybe they want to hear guests. I have no idea what people want. It doesn't matter. But you know, I did it. I made the pod. It happened, and I feel good about it. And um, I guess that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> Shows coming up uh, October twenty first. The business at Little Joy in Echo Park. That's nine o'clock. Um, should be a fun show. Follow me on Instagram at Fixer Heather. I cooked a whole chicken on my Instagram story tonight. So amazing content. I know. Um, and then as always, uh, chatterbox comedy night every Sunday at 9 PM. I'm part of the chatterbox crew. And, um, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, if you're an insult, just please stop tweeting at me. Good night. Thank you.